welcome, welcome, hey yo, to After the Bell. I'm still Corey Graves. I, much like everyone listening in and around the sports and entertainment industry around the world, still holding a heavy heart due to the massive loss we all suffered just a few days ago. That being Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, whatever name you know him by, his impact on this industry and all of us within still being felt and will be felt for years to come. So we're doing things a little differently this week. Rather than mourn, rather than sulk, we are going to celebrate. We are going to celebrate the life and the contributions to our lives made by the man known as the bad guy, Scott Hall. Of course, each and every week, I am joined by the voice of NXT 2.0, Vic Joseph. Vic, how are you feeling this morning, my friend? Well, I'm glad we're going to celebrate uh, Scott Hall here today. And, and this one, and I know we're going to dive into it a little bit more with some friends that are going to join us. It hit a little differently for for me and I think for a lot of individuals. I was getting text messages from people I haven't uh, spoken to regularly in a long time that were reaching out because they were feeling the effects for it. So I'm really excited what we're doing uh, today and celebrating the man, Scott Hall. Absolutely. We want to try to put a positive spin on a very painful, sad situation for all of us. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together... We're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. We need a little bit of extra help this week. We called an audible. We had a guest booked and we, we switched things up because it was that important to us here on ATB to show the proper respect to Scott and his contributions. Uh, A couple of our producers that you may be familiar with if you're a regular listener here on After the Bell, Dan and Alex are joining the show because ultimately this is about being fans together and I think we can all sort of help each other get through this tough time by reflecting on what Razor Scott meant to each and every one of us because he meant something to all of us uh, so much so that we are all here. We've dedicated our lives to this industry of sports entertainment under the WWE banner and Scott's imprint is felt beyond the walls of WWE. If you like wrestling, whatever you want to call it, whatever your favorite company is, whoever your favorite superstar is, this is bigger than that. So uh, Dan, Alex, thank you guys for hanging out and uh, sharing some of our favorite memories of the bad guy. Of course. uh, Thanks for asking us on. I haven't really 
talked it out yet. I got a lot of texts and everything because, you know, a lot of people, my friends know that he was my first favorite wrestler and I haven't really like talked it out yet at all. I've, I've responded to a lot of texts and been you know, like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a huge bummer, you know, thanks for reaching out, but like haven't had a conversation about it. So uh, thanks for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, mainly, my only way of kind of dealing through this is what I usually do, which is go back and watch some old matches, which I took part in uh, earlier this week. Uh, most notably, Brett and Razor from Rumble 93, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, uh, Graves, Vic, thanks for having us on. Yeah, of course. So many memories to go back through, so many matches we can bring up, so many excellent moments, game-changing, business and industry-changing moments from Scott Hall. I just figure I couldn't really prepare for this. As we said, right. this is sort of a, a group catharsis for the four of us. And hopefully, if you're listening, you you kind of uh, get to put your mind at ease and sort of enjoy this trip down memory lane with us. Full disclosure, truth be told, as I try to uh, try to do each and every week here on the show, I got the news when the rest of the world did. When we went on the air Monday night on Raw, to my knowledge, Scott was still on life support. Uh, obviously, Scott's best friends in the world, Sean Waltman, X-Pac, 123Kid, however you, you want to refer to him, Kevin Nash. Uh, they were doing their best to keep the world updated on their friend's status. And as we went on the air, we thought there was still a chance that the bad guy might have kicked out. Uh, unfortunately, as the show progressed, news came out, and we were told during Raw that Scott had passed, and our amazing team in Stanford put together a video package on short notice. Shout out to everybody up there, because no one on the planet Earth has a video department like we do in WWE to be able to turn around such a beautiful piece in such a short period of time. And I got a ton of feedback, texts, tweets, because I got a little emotional on the air, because... It was, for me, the first time it became real. I had seen the bad news. I had been upset. I, like everybody else, was trying to put out some positivity, you know, saying a prayer, if that's your sort of thing, that, that this wasn't going to end as badly as we found out it ultimately would. Uh, so I was sort of processing this loss at the same time as I was talking about it. I, I got a little emotional in the throat of the package. Um, and and the, the support, just for me personally, was insane to the same point that Dan, that you made, I was getting texts, tweets all night long into the next day uh, because I think everybody sort of just felt this overwhelming sadness because Razor Ramon, let's start there, hit differently than basically an entire generation of superstars. Razor Ramon was for me, the first bad guy that it was cool to like. Did you guys have that going on at all? For me, when I first saw him, like, I, I think I was aware wrestling was a thing, but I had never seen it before. I was like nine years old, 1993, and I was just channel surfing, you know, old cable. And he was on the television and it was he was uh, in the middle of a program with Shawn Michaels and, you know, ultimately leading to WrestleMania 10. And so when I saw him, he was a good guy at that point. And I was immediately transfixed. I was like, this is the coolest guy I've ever seen. I want to see him beat up that Shawn Michaels guy. And I got obsessed because of him and used to go to the video store and just rent all the old WrestleManias and everything. And I remember getting WrestleMania 9. And he was a bad guy during that. And I'm used to him coming out, being cool, slapping hands, you know, saying hi to the fans. And he was being a jerk. And I remember that was my first example of like, wait a minute, why is this guy that I love? He's being such a jerk back here. What happened between <laughs> point A and point B one year at WrestleMania? So that whole concept of someone going from a good guy to a bad guy, uh, Razor was the one that taught me that. I think the coolest thing about Razor, though, and he may have been a pioneer. We know he was a pioneer. We're going to get into that, all the different paths he cleared for, you know, superstars in the business and the business as a whole. To the best of my recollection, Razor was one of the first 
good guys that was still a bad guy. Razor, as a baby face, if we're going to call that, is an incredible run and so many great matches and memories. But Razor didn't make that full-blown transformation where all of a sudden he came out and smiled and high-fived everybody and was like, look at me, root for me, I'm a good guy. He was still Razor Ramon. He was still kind of a jerk. He was just a jerk to the guys who were worse than him. And it was sort of my first memory of a shade of gray as a character. It'd be because, yes, he was beating up the guys that I didn't like, but I wasn't necessarily like, man, he's my hero. He was just so freaking cool. And that is the one word that I have seen more than any on social media over the past several days since he took a turn for the worst. Nobody can deny how damn cool Razor Ramon was. Yeah, because everyone as a kid, for all four of us, put a toothpick in their mouth <laughs> and would flick it. And I got hit with yep. toothpicks from my brother all the time because he loved Razor Ramon. And that was, to your point, that area of gray graves where you're like, well, I shouldn't be throwing a toothpick at somebody because that's mean. But damn, it's pretty cool just to be like, hey, boop, right in the nose and then walk See, away. Like, you were getting in trouble for throwing toothpicks. If I had a dollar for every toothpick my father flicked at me <laughs> during the Razor Ramon era, and, and I was reading social media after Raw, and and I saw a tweet, and I, I wish I would have screenshotted it or saved it from someone. I don't remember if it was a friend of mine, and I actually saw several tweets of a similar nature where people bonded with their dads over Razor Ramon, and, and that holds true for me because my dad always liked the bad guys. I'm a Ric Flair fan because my dad loved the bad guys. But I remember my dad thinking Razor Ramon was so cool. And my, my dad would walk into a room and hit me with a hey yo and flick the toothpick. <laughs> Even if he didn't have a toothpick, imaginary toothpicks all day long. My dad thought Razor was the coolest. And that was the first time that I, I think my dad and I connected on the same guy. We were both like, I was getting a little older where I was like, oh yeah, I, I like the grown up stuff. And when I saw my dad thought Razor Ramon was so cool, that to me solidified it. And to this day, my dad, I couldn't tell you how many times I've picked up the phone and say, hello, and it's my dad. Hey, yo. <laughs> to this day. I mean, so, I mean, this really resonates for me on a whole different level. It's so stupid, but it was kind of my introduction to toothpicks. Like I, I was a kid, you know. When, <laughs> the when, concept uh, of toothpicks. Yeah, the concept. Like when I was a kid, you know, I was pretty young when when Razor hit the screen. And man, like he starts doing this carve you up and tossing the toothpick, and I was and I was just completely fascinated by this whole concept. So now when we're going out to dinner as a family, when we're hitting the hostess stand on the way out, boom, I'm going right for the single wrap <laughs> toothpick thing because I wanted to be just like Razor. But, but you really grabbed understand a, the concept of it, but you grabbed a handful. So oh, you had yes. multiple yeah. that you yeah. could, I needed them to last the week, week for your, for Make sure. Soggy. Yeah. yeah. You need extras. Yeah. And so yeah. one of those cinnamon ones got into his hand. He go, Oh, what's that one, mom? Like, oh, that's a, that's a special one there, kid. <laughs> I, I used to do the, the arms out, like the ladder walk thing a lot. But uh, I, I went to a Catholic school, and so we had uh, uniforms. And so every once in a while, we would have a dress-down day where we could wear anything we wanted to. And every single dress-down day in elementary school, I had that very loud 90s oozing machismo, that yellow shirt. Oh, yes. I one? owned it. That the one with the face. The all-over print. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I own that one. Absolutely. It's funny, Dan, that you, you bring up the arms out, the iconic Scott Hall entrance who put his arms to the side and walked through the curtain. It's just like the coolest dude you'd ever seen. Truth be told, that's where I stole how I got in the ring. When I was in NXT, if you would notice, I would always get up on the, the backside of the ring, wipe my feet on the canvas, which I learned. I always wondered why Razor did that, why he wiped his feet on the canvas. And I would later go on to learn it was a sign of respect. And it also got all the crap off your boots before you got in the ring and were rolling around <laughs> with, with your opponent. 
but I would do the the arms out, and I wouldn't touch the middle rope with my arm. And that was my little homage to Scott Hall. I, that was where I, I totally ripped that off. That was the only reason for that. I just always thought it was cool, and I just kind of took it and put it in a little bit of a different place. Well, how many little memorable things did he do? I, I think this is more the NWO when he would do the finger thing when he acted like he was oh, scared yeah. of someone. Spooky fingers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He did that, and then he uh, he took uh, the, the jewelry off, and he'd come over to the camera, and he'd point, and he'd be yelling. Something going to If something happened to this, something's something's going to happen to you. To you. And, and he puts it there, and um, you know, there are all those sort- – and you still see this stuff even today. Damian Priest with his yeah. walk uh, on Monday. Uh, there's still talent that comes over and throws stuff at the camera in the corner during their entrances. So it's it's just wild to think about all those little things. I always I always remember the hair when he'd take his hair and take it out of the chain for some reason and he'd flick it back oh, yeah. because my brother had long hair and he'd always do that. It's just those little small things that – you still remember and it is kind of funny to think about i feel like they're all very much rooted in in simplicity too like it's nothing that he was doing was this like groundbreaking new thing uh, he was taking moments i'm sure from like things he saw as a kid that like bad guys did on either cartoons or just like whatever he was scarface. watching scarface <laughs> things like that and and just implementing them in and outside of the ring in a way that you're just like wow it's so it's so easy and 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 simple to do but it was the most effective possible thing he could do to get his his character across. And I think the, the highest accolade I can give regarding Scott Hall's ability to just become Razor Ramon was I, were, I watched WCW enough that I had seen the Diamond Stud. I knew the Diamond Stud. My dad and I would discuss, my dad loved to say, remember when that guy was the Diamond Stud? But you never looked back. Razor Ramon was so, such a, an all-encompassing, deep character that... Anything Scott Hall did, because Scott had a hell of a run before he arrived in WWE to become Razor Ramon. All the the matches in AWA is just big Scott Hall. Uh, he was a tag team champion with Kurt Hennig in the AWA. Absolutely. Yeah. So so Scott had 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 done some stuff before he burst through the doors of. I think they still referred to it as New York at the time, uh, but when <laughs> Scott became a WWE superstar, it was it was just revolutionary, and that that seems to be a recurring theme in Scott's career was revolution from a business perspective. Here we're talking about the character and all the memories. And, and it's really cool to look around this zoom call as we're recording this and seeing everybody smiling. We started what five, 10 minutes ago and everyone kind of was a little downtrodden, but just these great memories of, of our childhoods and things that Scott contributed without ever knowing he didn't know who the hell any of us were. He was just going out trying to make his money, trying to do what he loved and what he was great at, but the imprint is still felt. And here we are, glowing like a couple of little kids, just reminiscing. Well, and I felt it as a kid, but it carried over to adulthood where it's like, I have a dog named Razor, obviously after him. When I first moved to New York City, uh, one of my my first memories is I was walking to work from Port Authority and I walked by Madison Square Garden and it was my first time being near Madison Square Garden. I remember just thinking about WrestleMania 10, the first WrestleMania I watched live, and I just pictured, you know, Razor holding the two belts on top of the ladder and just being amazed by that as a kid and thinking, wow, that happened right here. And I just got goosebumps just walking by this building I remember from watching on my TV as a child. It's, it's interesting too, Graves, you bring up the point of revolutionary from a business standpoint, because for for me, I'm looking around at the house I'm sitting in now and, and the things that we do daily. I don't know if I'd have this if I didn't have Scott Hall, Razor Ramon on my television to draw me into this industry, to give me this life, to give me this career, to give me these dreams. There's also a, a litany of other superstars that go in there, but he was one of them. And without Scott, I don't know if 
if I'm sitting here talking to you. I don't know if you're sitting here talking to me or Dan or Alex, or we even have this podcast. And and that's how he touched my life personally. Right. Well, I, I want to do you one better and and talk about the impact that Scott had on this industry from a professional standpoint, because I don't think it's, uh, I think it may, it may have been lost over time, the impact that Scott Hall showing up on Monday Nitro had for fans at the time. Again, this was very early, maybe even predating the internet. So you couldn't Google or go on your favorite dirt site and find out the spoilers as to what's going to happen. And for the next few months, you didn't want to, you just kind of had to wait. You kind of had to go for the ride. And when Razor Ramon, to all of our knowledge, showed up on Monday Nitro, our brains exploded collectively. An entire generation of people went, wait a minute, this isn't right. That's Razor Ramon. He should be on Raw with WWE guys. What's happening? And everybody remembers those moments as a fan. But Scott and Kevin really revolutionized the business in that they were the first athletes of their caliber in our business who chased the money and looked out for themselves first and really changed the pay structure for superstars in WCW and then on to WWE guaranteed contracts, which all of our WWE talent have now, those weren't a thing back in the day. Usually you worked on a per appearance basis. You would have an agreement or a, a contract, sometimes a handshake, but the concept of you will make this much money guaranteed, that never happened before Hall and Nash went to WCW. So even beyond what we remember of them in the ring and on our TV screens, behind the scenes, what Scott and, and Kevin, and, and there, there was a, you know more ancillary parts, but those two are the figureheads, really changed the game for generations to come. Both on the large scale and the more specific scale where it's like, you know, this huge industry changing thing with guaranteed contracts and going to WCW, but also individual careers that Hall kind of made. Like infamously, you know, you think about Waltman and and what a moment that was and how hard Hall, like that, that, how pissed he was when he lost and he's just like stomping around. Like I I watched that recently and just like, oh my God, he just, he made Waltman in that one moment. I'm glad you brought that up, Dan, because like I, I was thinking about that in the sense that like, that sort of moment where in those days of of the of the business guys like like Sean Waltman didn't win matches like that just did that it didn't happen right. Espe- especially especially on the scale of like a Monday night raw i'm i'm going to cut you off just to, just to to agree with you alex Sean Waltman, the one, two, three kid. If you had global championship wrestling, if you had ESPN, you might've seen the lightning kid in the past. So I I had seen him before, but to your point, he was an undercard guy. A, a, look, it's, it's not a great word. It's frowned upon, but let's, you call it what it was. A jobber. You said it. Generally speaking, I said it. (laughs) I get myself in trouble on a weekly basis anyway. I don't think that word's going to get me in too much crap. Razor Ramon's WWE debut was against Carmella's father. Paul Van Dale. And from a fan's perspective, the one, two, three kid might as well have been Paul Van Dale or Barry Horowitz or um, Iron Mike Sharp, someone that you, you saw and maybe you recognized from time to time, but you knew they didn't stand a chance. So when one, two, three kid beat Razor Ramon on Monday Night Raw, the whole world gasped. And by the way, he wasn't even, and, and to your point, he was known as the lightning kid in, in global, but he wasn't even known to, as the one, two, three kid in that moment when he beat Razor Ramon. That's, That's right. how he got the name. He was the, I believe he was like the cannonball kid a week before, or he's, he had been on a, he, he they had changed just, it. Yeah, the kid, yeah, they the cannonball kid, the lightning week. kid. Yeah. yeah. So, so not only did, did Scott uh, help 
get Sean to another level in his career. He he crafted his entire wrestling existence to that point and was just like, hey, here you go. Let's go on this ride together. And in turn, that's what got, not only did it help make Sean, but it helped make Scott in a way that like, that's what led to the Razor Ramon character becoming a more of a fan favorite character, becoming more of a baby face. And that whole sequence of events led to the ladder match with Sean at WrestleMania, which is one of his greatest, you know, crowning achievements. So, yeah, I mean, the the it's the, the the pay scale, but also the things he did in the ring for other people. It's 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 unbelievable. But there was the on screen stuff in the ring, like with one, two, three kid, but also stuff behind the scenes that had a huge impact, like asking Sting if he had seen the crow. You know, like, right. That's a story. Yeah. Tell that story, Dan. And, and for those who may not be familiar. Yeah. It was like mid nineties and I forget where Sting was at in his career, but I mean, he was doing the surfer Sting thing and everything. And the NWO was starting to become a big deal. And, uh, Scott Hall just asked him backstage, like, Hey, have you ever seen the crow? And Sting was like, no. He's like, Oh, it's this cool thing. It's like, he's like this dark hero character and he does this face paint and everything. And so Scott Hall was responsible for what became like, what is known as crow Sting, you know, and that whole great angle with the, the NWO and everything. So, on screen, behind the scenes, just a massive, massive impact across the industry. And then he actually, you talk about that, that's still learning the whole attitude era for WWE starts because Scott Hall goes to WCW. Sure, with, the with Monday the Night Wars. And it doesn't happen if there's no You're absolutely right. Coming they, over. They, they, Scott Hall, legitimately on his own, was the spark that started. And then Nash followed, and then, and then all hell breaks loose. You know who I am, <laughs> but you don't know why I'm here. <laughs> right, and, and that just it the really, hell does that really, mean? Wait, what's that? The what tone, the hell? Man. Don't change the channel. Keep that on. And it was like, whoa, because awesome. nobody knew because he was so recognizable and iconic as Razor Ramon. You couldn't envision a situation where Razor Ramon was anywhere but Monday Night Raw. Also, I think in our age range, I think it was tough for a lot of us to even understand that these guys had lives outside of Monday Night Raw. Like, oh no, that was Razor kid, Ramon. That, that's who he was. Yeah, I just right. thought, like Razor just stayed in a closet somewhere in the <laughs> arena, and when it was time for his match, he came out, and that was just what these people did. Yeah, and I think at that point too, that was like, <laughs> it's it's so silly to think about, but like watching when we were younger, the idea that wrestling uh, on Channel Two versus wrestling on Channel Eight. Were, like could ever intersect in any way. It was just like, oh, that's what they do, and that's what they do, and like you know, it's it, it, there. There was no there was no reason for any of it to ever intermix because it was just, that was, it was wrestling, you know? Right. Right. It was like, as un, it was unthinkable in the early nineties as if like a Sonic the Hedgehog game came out on Super Nintendo, you know, like that amount of like, no, yeah, it just, Sega it just Sonic didn't work. It was Mario. It, it, you it know? just doesn't happen. Right. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do, too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like 
me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. We mentioned the, the ladder match at WrestleMania 10, obviously iconic, maybe the greatest of all time to this day. I was lucky enough to be present for the second Sean Razor ladder match, which was at SummerSlam. I don't know if it was the same year or was the year following. I think it was 95. I think it was 95, yeah. Okay, I'm terrible with that. That's why, that's why I keep you guys around. <laughs> but I was, I, it was in Pittsburgh, and I remember being down in Station Square, which is a little entertainment area, uh, with my dad and my younger brother, and we were going to... They did this thing called, I think it was called the War on the Water. It was a promotional tactic where they, they we have the, in Pittsburgh, the Gateway Clipper on the, on the rivers and you take riverboat rides. It's just kind of a thing. It's sort of a Pittsburgh centric thing. Well, they did a tug of war where it was WWE superstars versus the city of Pittsburgh firemen and police, I believe. And they put two of these boats together and they had a legitimate tug of war. And, and you know, there were, there were autograph signings. I met Rikishi for the very first time. Uh, here's a, here's a deep cut for you, Dan. I met the mayor of merchandise, Barry Dadinsky. That might be too deep for me. Wow. I just, I just, (laughs) wow. (laughs) Boy, I'm, I'm giving credit to Scott on this one because if it weren't for Scott, I wouldn't have the opportunity to bring this flex out. (laughs) There was a guy in in early nineties. He was Barry Dadinsky was his name and he would show up and he was the mayor of merchandise. And he would just chill things and like, hey, get your new Razor Ramon t-shirt. He probably sold you the Razor all over graphic tee. Oh, wow. I'm seeing him here. 1-800-TITAN-91, $14 shirts plus shipping and handling. Okay. Don't call that I didn't make that now. up. I, I, I recognize his face don't now. Don't call the number now. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. Probably goes to the office. Yeah. Yeah. But we were, so we were down there and, and I know that this ultimately does tie back to Scott. He wasn't part of the show that day of, of the, the superstars in the tug of war, but- I, a lot of the superstars would stay at one of the hotels in Station Square, and my dad and brother and I had just gotten some food or whatever, and we were walking a, a, over toward the, where the show was going to be, and there was a big, like a church bus that pulled by, and there was somebody driving, and in the back, there was Alundra Blaze, 
who was, you know, my younger brother and I were waving and Alundra looked and she was waving like she was going to climb out the window. But behind Alundra, all you could see were these massive set of shoulders, a satin back on a vest and a toothpick. Because wherever <laughs> he was going, Razor was in full Razor garb. And he kind of gave a, a nod, a cool nod, because Razor wasn't going to get excited. Razor wasn't going to go all Alundra and be waving and ah, over the top. But just that nod. And I remember thinking, that was the coolest moment of my life. <laughs> I think he still carries the toothpicks like in, in more recent years before his yeah. passing because I saw a clip online where a, an Uber driver basically had him record a little thing for his son. Because like the guy gave Scott Hall a drive and he cuts a little promo and then he pulls out a toothpick. He was just in an Uber. He wasn't working and he threw the toothpick <laughs> at the camera for this kid. It, it was, it was. He's always working. It, yeah, it was that, so that's cool. the thing. It was great. That, he was, he was always on. I never, and I'm sure some of the, the limited few that are incredibly close, who, again, I want to send condolences to everyone who was close to Scott Hall, uh, anyone who was lucky enough to know him or experience him or just be a fan of Scott Hall. Uh, we're, all, we're all going through this together. Uh, it's a total bummer, but we're trying to put smiles back on your faces and our faces as we reminisce about one of the greatest to ever do it. Guys, off the top of your head, I, I, let's go around the circle real quick. Do you have a favorite moment of Razor Ramon or Scott Hall's in-ring career? I know there are way too many to pick from. Off the top of your head, give me something. It's the obvious answer for me. It's WrestleMania 10. It's the ladder match. And, and you go back now, and I think we're so used to ladder matches being just absolute spectacles and six guys and 19 ladders and everything. Car crashes. Yeah, yeah. And so you watch it now, and it was like, you know, it was incredibly dangerous for the time. But uh, it, it seems tame. But the, the psychology of that match and the story they were telling, uh, the, the finish with Sean getting tied up in the ropes, that like that image at the end of, of Razor with the two belts, it's just, we talk about iconic images in wrestling history. That is right at the top for me. No doubt. And for me, Graves, I, I feel like it's so many little moments. I think in current times, you could almost say, you know, someone transcended their their time period because they're they're like almost like a, uh, a gif. Like Scott Hall has so many gifable moments from yeah. his career that you see now that are used all the time. Like I think to, yeah, like Dan just did uh, where he's cutting the promo in WCW and he gets hit with a beer and then just kind of, you know, pushes the beer back through his hair. And, yep. you know, doesn't I've, I've seen beat. that a few times over the past few days. Yeah. Unreal. Well, how much of a dope must that fan have felt like? He's like, oh, I'm going to get him. I'm going to throw a sword and make him look stupid. It's like, oh, crap. I made him look way cooler. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Oops. <laughs> my attempt to, to insult him unintentionally <laughs> turned into one of the coolest things any human has ever done. Yes. Beyond the wrestling business, who on earth gets hit with a full beer in the head and just brushes it through their hair and keeps on strutting? Doesn't Man. flinch for a second. No. Unbelievable. Oh. And then I and then I think to like uh, the match with Steve Austin, uh, uh, at WrestleMania 18 when they came back uh, and the, getting hit with the stunner. Like, that's a stunner you see over and over oh, yes. and over again. Yes. Uh, I think of Bash at the Beach 96, just him, Hogan, and, and Nash standing in the ring, uh, yeah. getting garbage thrown at that. Like, these are all things that if you're a wrestling fan or even not, even just someone, you know, on Twitter every day, these are gifts that you use to express emotion uh, online almost every day. And they're almost always of Scott Hall or, or, or you know, something he was involved in. So for me, it's a lot of little ones, but uh, I'll actually go back to, to pick one. I, I, I watched earlier this this uh, this week, and I mentioned it earlier, the, the Royal Rumble 93 match with Bret Hart. It was just like he was still a year plus away from, from the ladder match with Sean at WrestleMania 10, but you could see 
all the ingredients were there of like, this guy is going to be such a huge superstar uh, just, you know, working Sean or working Brett back into the, into the turnbuckles, the, the entire match, his crisp punches, just, there were all of these things that like, as a time, as a kid watching, I didn't appreciate. I just thought Razor Ramon was this cool looking guy, but now watching back as a fan later on, you realize just how much, uh, how great he was even, even then before he had really quote, like hit it quote unquote big. So uh, yeah, I would say that that's one that sticks out. Two of my favorites of all time, Brett and Razor going at it at the Royal Rumble was awesome. And, and guys, as I was asking the question, I was fully aware that it's an impossible answer because to ask for one moment is it, it, with a career decades long that were always awesome. It's it's completely impossible. But Vic, what stands out to you? You know, Dan mentioned the WrestleMania 10 ladder match, which does stand out to me. I think there's a lot of forgotten matches of how good they were matches he had with Jeff Jarrett. Matches he had with Shane Douglas, Dean Douglas, however you want to know him. Um, I think he also is one of the first that had pyro in his entrance when he'd get in the ring and he'd do his oh, pose yeah, the, the and the fire and the, and the stuff came. Yeah. Oh, he had, the, he had the raining pyro, didn't yep. he? And early it came on? down from the top and it yeah. sparked out from the yeah, thing. Yeah. So oh, he did so, so many cool. things that were firsts. And one match that stands out that was just entertaining was the crybaby match I was with thinking one, about two, that. three kid. And oh, man. he had the ability to scare you that he was going to kick your ass. Then he can make you laugh. Then you could think he was your best friend. Then he could have a serious ladder match. He could have these these rivalries, and then he could do a crybaby match. And that one stands out because no one talks about it. No one ever goes, man, that crybaby match, because that goes back to the lightning kid, the cannonball kid, the kid. When the one, two, three kid won that match we talked about, and then this whole story rivalry goes all the way to this crybaby match. And it was just, looking back, a great story that, took time to tell and it to me is one stands out that was entertaining and it had everything and it's one of those forgotten matches of Razor Ramon's career. Also we forgot to mention the vignettes. The hilarious oh, like introduction vignettes. The one where he just shoves the guy into the fountain has always cracked <laughs> for no reason as he's leaving like screw you. <laughs> What what a jerk. <laughs> yes. It was him in the car, him at the restaurant, him in the neighborhood. Like, love those. Man, right. I want to say that was one of the first times as a young fan watching where, like, I, I really remember most of, of his run. Like, I I, uh, I I said this earlier off the call. Like, Warrior was the guy who brought me in to, to wrestling, but, like, the Razor Ramon was, like, the guy that had me stick around. Like, I remember watch, those vignettes starting to air, and then, his, and then his run as the bad guy in the one, two, three kids stuff happened. Like, man, that, that, and, and then he became, you know, this, this kind of fan favorite. That, that, he was a guy that, like, as far as, like, real professional wrestling storytelling is concerned, that man, that it just worked. It, it worked wonders, masterful, and worked. You know, as on a young kid like me, man, that it was it was very important for and, sure. And I would dare say my biggest takeaway uh, from Scott is I, I didn't get to know him well. I would not consider us close, but we were cordial. And anytime I got to be around Scott, whether it be WrestleMania weekend or one of his multiple Hall of Fame inductions or just wherever we would run into each other, Scott a always had that vibe. You felt like you were talking to Razor Ramon. But once you looked past the exterior and the vibe that was Scott, the knowledge that he possessed and was all too happy to share with anybody who asked, if you picked Scott's brain about anything, the advice that Scott Hall was willing to give, it was, it was almost one of those, you turn the faucet on and, and you have to turn the faucet off when you're ready to, to stop because it was just this outpouring of wisdom 
from a guy who had been everywhere, seen everything, literally changed the business from a character perspective and a professional perspective. There was nothing that Scott Hall had not seen or accomplished in this business aside from the one caveat, never world champion, which meet now, now this is very rarefied air. When we talk about the greatest superstars of all time, it's a very limited number of guys who were top tier superstars who never made it to world champion status. Your million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Razor's name, Scott's name is brought up in that discussion all the time. I don't think Scott needed it. No, the impact he had, even not as the world champion, like far supersedes a lot of people who have, have held up that title, you know, like between the NWO thing, his own in-ring work, like his character work. It, it is so much better than even a lot of people that did reach that level, you know? I don't, Scott Hall, I don't know that his career would have been any different had he been WWE champion or WCW champion. This was a dude that was such a revolutionary and such a game changer in his own way that all we we could, at the beginning of this call we discussed having you guys uh, with all your stats and how many championships Scott has won over his career. That's all. That's all minutia. You just have to look at the overall body of work and what Razor Ramon slash Scott Hall added to this business to our lives. Who before any of us even knew who he was, and then for those of us who were lucky enough to spend any time with him. Uh, just grateful for the opportunity to to spend time with one of the greatest of all time. Definitely one of my favorites of all time. Here's how you know he didn't need a world championship. 1998, Starcade, Goldberg versus Kevin Nash for the world title. What do you remember the most about that match? Scott Hall on the Scott cattle prod. <laughs> In a yellow shirt. Yeah. Scott Hall with the stun gun. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we could sit here all day and we've already been going for for a little while and i'm sure there are plenty of legendary moments we've missed uh that was not for lack of wanting i think this was just important for all of us to sort of reminisce together and be fans again and be grateful for the experience that we have had with scott hall or because of scott hall as fans of this industry of this business and he will be greatly missed more than unfortunately Scott will ever know. I mean, let's, let's be honest. We all thought Scott might've been the Keith Richards of our game. The life that that man led very publicly, all the struggles that Scott has been through and the demons that he has battled back and forth with. It's almost extra heartbreaking that he was on the other side and Scott had really gotten his life together and seemed to be in a great place. And who knows what the world would have had in store, but this is truly a case. I felt the same way when we lost dusty, it's hard but don't cry because we lost him. Smile because we had him. Now that we've all had a moment to sort of just reminisce and catch our breath, I got a little little teary-eyed just kind of saying that. There's a weird sort of finality to doing anything like that. But uh, the bad guy will never, ever be forgotten. Alex, Dan, thank you guys for hanging out here and discussing one of our favorites of all time. But actually, you know what? On second thought, before I let you go, uh, I know we had a whole big plan. So much went down on Raw. We're on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, I felt like being a little personal and you know what? It's my damn show. And from time to time, we're going to do things my way. And while I have you guys here, something else that uh, went down this week that was ironically enough, sort of overshadowed because of the loss of Scott Hall was former WWE champion, great friend of all of ours, Big E suffering one of the most catastrophic injuries possible. Uh, it was literally a worst case scenario for a man who 
January 1st of this year was WWE champion. Friday night SmackDown, things went awry. Big E landed in a very, very rough manner, and we now know has a broken neck. Uh, Dan, I know you you and E are very close. You worked very closely with those guys on the New Day podcast. Man, was this one of the scariest things that you've experienced? Oh, my God. Yeah. Because um, anytime you see that, it, it's horrifying, even if you don't know the person, obviously. But, you know, when I saw what happened, uh, and then there was a period between it happening and uh, the tweet he put out where it was just absolutely terrifying. And then I uh, there's such a sigh of relief when he posted that video. And it, by the way, that video, the, the couple he's put out, the updates, that is so emblematic of him as a person and like how right. the power of positivity isn't just a character thing. Like the dude just broke his neck. And here he is putting out a message for fans that are worried about him, smiling, saying, don't worry about me, get some sleep. I can move all my digits. Like that was the moment when he lifted up his, his yes. hand and he was moving it and he was smiling. I was like, oh my God, thank God. Okay. The, the fact that when he dropped the video in typical fashion, he gave all sorts of updates and information and then ended with, oh, by the way, I broke my neck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But he's smiling. He's laying like he just broke his neck like a couple hours ago. If I know. That, and he's smiling and telling people not to worry about him. Like he is just the most positive dude. And like, look at the outpouring of support that he has gotten from everyone across you, the board. Yes. You know how beloved someone is as a human being when you see that. Obviously, no one wants to see anyone, you know, go through something like this, but just everyone sending out their support and their love. Like he, he is one of my favorite people on the planet and, and he is uh, his positive nature and his mental attitude with everything has just been uh, very emblematic of him as a person. And uh, I, I know he'll get through this. And it says a lot about the man. I sent him a text message and he's making sure, you know, we all are okay. Those that message him, Hey man, you good. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Like, wait, no, you, 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 <laughs> you broke your neck, <laughs> yes. dude. Like what? So that, that just speaks to, um, the man, not the character, and speedy recovery, hopefully, for E, scary situation. But, man, that guy is always positive no matter what he's going through. He, he's always uplifting everyone around him. And this was our chance to, to return the favor, uh, us being everyone who knows him, everyone who loves him which apparently is everybody on the planet earth. <laughs> I, w I wouldn't, he's the type of guy who's so great that if somebody didn't like him, I think I would not like them because like, oh, something's got to be wrong <laughs> right. with you if you yeah, don't like him. Exactly. Yeah. I can't trust you if you're not <laughs> yes. a fan of Big E. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, so sending all of our positive vibes to, uh, to the man Big E. He's got plenty of downtime. Uh, I told him yesterday, I warned him, I sent him a text that I would be inundating him with suggestions for many things that I like that he probably won't, but that's not going to stop me from making the suggestions. <laughs> I just told him, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to make you tired of me before you get bored. So yeah, once again, now officially Alex, Dan, thank you guys for hanging out uh, for the updates on E and for getting us through this together, because ultimately we are all here for the exact same reason. We love this silly industry more than any other walk of life on earth. And uh, we're, we're all lucky to have been, part and blessed by Scott Hall and to be friends with Big E who will be back hopefully bigger, stronger, faster than ever. Speedy recovery, but take your time. We got this E. Take your time. Relax. Vic, we've been, we've been at it for a while, man. Uh, this, is, this is not often that I just get to... This was cathartic to me. I needed this. I needed to be amongst friends and chat about some stuff that I've been sort of internalizing, uh, which God knows I do way too much. I needed this. This was fun. What's on your mind, man? It's your therapy. It's it, it's tough because look, I know we talked about Scott, and I think something that was that's tough for us in the position we are is you more so than me because I had twenty four hours. Is how do you pay tribute 
to the man that meant so much because you want to get everything out that you want to say uh, about somebody and you only have a short period of time to do it. And so this was, um, this one, as I said, at the start, it hit different, man. And I'm, I'm so lucky. I heard you talk about the stories. I got to meet Scott just a few times and he was always gracious. And once you got past the aura of Razor Ramon and asked a question, like you said, a faucet, and I, I'm very thankful when I look back at those few moments I had with him and those conversations. And to talk to you guys today, you, you just remember everything the guy did. And you're like, oh, yeah, he did. Oh, man, he did that. And, uh, and so it unlocks I, I, that little door in your memory that, that you forgot even existed. And then it's an outpouring of moments and emotions and, and everything. And, and I really hope, and Alex hit it on the head, I really hope those that are listening right now go back and watch and relive and cherish these things that Scott Hall brought all of us because you don't know what you have until it's gone. That's a tweet I think Kevin Nash put up, or maybe it was Hunter that put up. Just go back, relive it, and and just find that love again for this industry if you've lost it because Scott Hall embodied everything that is professional wrestling. No doubt about it. Couldn't have said it any better. Heavy hearts this week, but by the end of this smiles on our faces. Hopefully we helped you guys uh, through this tough week, because if you're listening to this, no doubt you felt the effects we all did. I'm looking at my watch, Vic. I think we are running low on time. This flew by, you know, as they say, time flies when you're having fun, when we're taking a fun reminiscent trip down memory lane, showing respect and remembrance for one of the greatest of all time. RIP razor Scott Hall, Thank you for the memories and thank you for listening to After the Bell. You can follow us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find him at Vic Joseph WWE. Make sure you listen for free on Spotify. Just search After the Bell and hit the follow button so that you never miss an episode. We'll be back next week. We will still be on the road to WrestleMania. There will undoubtedly be new developments and controversies to discuss as we usually do. So we'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, more WWE after the bell. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.